When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Want support? Curtis Fleming is there on the edge of the air. Fleming for Craig Hignett. Hit it, Higgy. Higgy hits the track. Abanelli coming alive again. Janino wants the ball played to him. Abanelli spots out. Welcome back to the Borough Breakdown podcast live on Red Army Radio. And if you've joined us again on the podcast apps, thank you very much for joining us uh, as well. And my name's Johnny. I'm joined again, as always, with Dana and Elliot. But also we've got a very special guest with us this week. Um, he's had a career for over 23 years um, across from ooh, from, Gre- from Greece uh, to Portugal, England, and then back again. Uh, so joined by Dimi Constantopoulos. Dimi, thank you very much for joining us. Nice to be here. Um, so we're going to start things off, mate, and this whole podcast is around what you. Um, we're going to chat about Borough as well and what you think of the current team and, and what your plans are moving forward. But I want to start from right at the beginning, um, back in 1996 when you started. Uh, when I, I was wasn't bo- even when born. I, when Dana wasn't even born, um, you started a career, so that makes you feel old. <laughs> that makes me feel a bit old now. Sorry about that, didn't <laughs> um, But starting off in Greece, uh, you obviously born there, grew up there. Um, was football something that you've always been interested in? Was being a footballer is something that you've always aspired to be? Yeah, well, as a kid, you know, in school you play football all, all the time. If you if you love the, the sport, you know, all day, that's what you want to do. But um, I was actually up to the age of 15, I was playing basketball because it's quite big in Greece, yep. uh, as well as football. I wasn't sure what I wanted to, to do. But then I got involved with um, a national team under, under 16s stuff with football so I thought you know I can't do both at the same time so yeah I just stuck with football and uh, the, what made me want to become a keeper I, I loved it anyway but it was a bit of a jealousy towards my uh, my older cousin at the time he was playing his dad took him uh, to junior's team as a goalkeeper and I had a look and I got jealous and I told my dad I want to do that. <laughs> now I was going to say, was was goalkeeping the position that you always wanted to be in? Because did you ever play play outfield or say like were you a standard left back, right back, or centre midfield? Or has, has it always been goalkeeper? Uh, no, I played played everywhere when I was young. I'm actually a good target man. Uh, <laughs> I've got a good header. Uh, but uh, yeah, I've, to be a goalkeeper, you have you must have the the bug, and I did. And uh, you know, uh, all these years. And then I still I still got it. Mm. 
So obviously from there, you started off in Greece, you moved to Portugal for a while, came back to Greece. Then you moved over to England, you went over to Hartlepool United. What was it like to, to move over to a different country, obviously a different country, different culture? Um, you were second choice, I think, when you first signed for Hartlepool. So how was that for you in terms of your transition, but also moving to a different culture completely? I've, uh, I've always had the, um, the dream and the aspiration to, to play in England because I was I was watching English football a lot. Mm. Um, uh, my uh, my idol, idol was uh, Peter Schmeichel, so I was watching uh, Man United games a lot. And uh, I always thought that uh, you know if you can make a career in England, it's you can make it anywhere because it's the most competitive uh, country, yeah. uh, football-wise, uh, any division to be fair. And uh, yeah, my first priority was to end up in England. Obviously, I have to I had to go via Portugal and Spain because when Harlepool called, I was in Spain, trialing with a. Um, is it the uh, second division yeah. uh, in Spain club? Uh, they offered me a contract, but then an agent called me and said, "This is this club called Hartlepool uh, from England." <laughs> I said, "What?" He said, uh, "Hartlepool." I thought, "Hartlepool, Liverpool, how different?" Can it be? <laughs> <laughs> so I just dropped everything. The, the people actually in that Spanish club uh, they didn't even know I was gone. I left the hotel in the night. They were looking for me the next day. <laughs> I was on the flight to Hollywood and uh, I ended up uh, here. They, they picked me up from the airport. Um, it took me to Seton Carew, a B&B. Uh, did you get some fish and chips as well on the yeah. sleep? Is that the sweet in the deal, was it? <laughs> yeah. and, uh, no, it was, uh, I, came, I came to England with a bag of clothes, really, and you know the, the madness to, to play football, and uh, I think I did well. How would you rate your time at Hartlepool? I enjoyed it. We, uh, I was lucky to be in, a, in an era uh, that we had good, good team, uh, good players, great bond uh, as a team, uh, and we've done well. You know, we went all the way to playoff final, uh, League One. Yeah. Uh, then we went down. Then we went up again. Uh, so yeah, it was uh, it was exciting. I know. I was going to say, uh, let's move on and chat about the playoff final, but I don't really want to mention the Borough one yet. I'm still oh, a bit don't sad worry, about I've it. Got that <laughs> um, but the playoff defeat for Hartlepool was really sad, actually, because they were very close to getting to the championship, and that could have been make or break for them. Really, it's, it, are you, is it quite sad for you now to see where Hartlepool are and what state they're in? Yeah, it is. Obviously, uh, you know, I played for the club for four years. Uh, I've got great, great memories. I still live in Hartlepool. I got great friends uh, and uh, I'm enjoying my time there and I've always followed them and uh, you know it's I don't think they deserve as a club to to be where they are they deserve to be higher the people in Harlepool are thirsty for football for for success they back the the team they follow them everywhere and uh, I think um, I want to I want to hope that it's a matter of time when they're going to go back up in the, in the league Mm, I probably 100% agree with you really um, I remember watching Hartlepool years and years ago they were playing like Leeds United and it's just incredible to see the con- the contrast in clubs now and how it's completely changed I um, appreciate Leeds are saying they're already promoted to the Premier League already this season but um, it's it's just sad to see where Hartlepool are they have won three on the bounce when you are probably 
training with them at the minute. So yes. um, we'll, I'll come on to that a little bit later on in terms of your, what your next steps are. But when you leave Harlepool, you did a few spells at different clubs in England. You moved back to Greece to go to Athens. What was it like to move from Harlepool, well, not Harlepool, but from England back to Greece to go back to Athens? Because Athens are probably one of the biggest clubs in Greece, correct? Yeah, um, actually, when I, when I left uh, Coventry, Coventry yeah. um, I went to a just newly promoted club in, in Greece, in Corfu. Yeah. Uh, the project was was nice. It was good. Uh, I spoke to the chief executive there and the manager, and uh, they wanted to, to to try a new philosophy. And uh, I did enjoy my time there. I, I really enjoyed my football. I got, you know, I got to the national team from there, and um, I won uh, awards like the best keeper in the in the Premier League in Greece. And then from there, uh, AK Athens um, bought me. Uh, the first year in Athens, obviously, it's a massive club. It was good. We had a good team. We had really good players, big names. We had a good Johnson, you know. Um, we went to Europa League, played games uh, in Europa League, enjoyed it. But then the second year, uh, the financial problems took toll and uh, a lot of players left. Um, the team sort of was dismantled. Uh, had to rely on uh, young lads. They, they couldn't really... Um, take the pressure of uh, how big of a club was. Uh, obviously, combining with the, with the fact that it was a big financial problems, people, players, being unpaid for for months and months, um, made it a bit more difficult. But uh, overall, you know, it was a great experience for me. Uh, I enjoyed my football. F- Football-wise, was great. Uh, but when I finished from there, I, I decided I wanted to, you know, to come back to England to find some stability. Yeah, no. I was going to say, I was going to ask what made you come back to England in terms, and what was the reason behind it. I know you got approached by Middlesbrough. I think it was a couple of months after you got released. Was is that right? Yeah. Um, and then from there, you've 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 signed for Tony Mowbray, and then you've just came in as to essentially fill the numbers. That's what it looked like the signing was. Um, but then you've came to a to a first choice goalkeeper. Um, let's just go. Let's just chat about Middlesbrough. Really, I think Dana's got a few questions for you as I well do, in terms yes. of about Middlesbrough. So I'm going to pass the mic on to her. Go on. Yeah, I was just looking into your Middlesbrough career. You made 112 appearances for Borough, obviously reached the playoff final, um, won promotion, smashed a 30-year club record of nine successive clean sheets. But you only initially signed on a short-term deal until January. This was back in 2013. Uh, Did you ever envisage that you would end up leaving Borough with the success that that you ended up having? Um, Obviously, that big of a success wasn't something, you know, I could have... You know, really planned for. Uh, but when I signed for Borough, I knew my role at the time. I actually, when I spoke to Tony Mowbray, he said to me, "Look, uh, you're here in a short term, but if you do well, uh, you could be here for the next five years." And I ended up being six. Um, so, yeah, I, I knew what was asked for me when I first joined. But I, I always believed in my ability, and uh, I've always been confident. In, uh, and I, th- I knew. If I worked hard and uh, you know waited for an opportunity, uh, I would be able to get it, and that happened towards uh, uh, Christmas mm. uh, in January when I first played my first game, when the manager changed and stuff, and since then it's been sort of uh, going going better and better. So what was the highlight for you then? I think it, I mean it's a pretty obvious answer, surely. Yeah, it's uh, you can't beat that game, the promotion. Promotion day against Brighton, like it's, it's, a, it's a game that you know I always look back. I still watch it sometimes. I've got it on the video, and it's just 
I still, you know, get shivers. And uh, <laughs> um, it was unbelievable. The, from the build-up the full week, obviously the pressure was big. Uh, all you could hear everywhere was is a 280 million game. And that's the game you're thinking, please don't mess up now. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, um, but to finish the game uh, with the ball in my hands, uh, hear the final whistle, it was just, you know, unbelievable. I actually, I look at myself now and I look at the the footage, I was still dazzled, you know, I didn't know where, where I was. I had about 200 people around me, you know, <laughs> hugging me and I, was, I, I didn't know what to do. I think everyone was like that. It was an amazing achievement and it was well deserved, I think. Yeah, I think when you caught that ball, I don't think I've celebrated something so small yet so significant. Did you know when you caught that that that, that was it, Borough Premier Club? I actually didn't. When I when I came for the for the cross, I seen the ball coming and I was actually expecting an impact. I was expect, expecting half a Brighton team to come and smash into me, but I, I got well protected from the from the lads and I think some of them their players gave up on the on the ball. When I caught it, I didn't realize that that was it until I seen. Like about eight of our lads with their hands up in the air. Because they added on eight minutes, didn't they? Yeah, I, I, I couldn't I tell the time sick. because when you are in the game, the uh, the injury time doesn't come on, yeah. so you don't know where you are. So, but as soon as I I seen them and I've seen the fans edging to to get in, I thought that, that should be it. <laughs> Honest to God, I remember when you caught that ball, I just thought, Jesus Christ, he has no idea what that much that catch means. Um, it was, it was, it was just incredible. That, it was that whole day. Like a goal, wasn't it? The sad thing was, I think it's probably, you're going to probably come onto this in terms of how did you celebrate, but I celebrated that night. Same as we grew up, went for a few drinks, and then I had to go and finish my dissertation at uni. That was that was how I celebrated. Mills were getting promoted. Absolutely brutal. Yeah, mine was a bit different. Yeah, I was going to say, Dan, probably going to ask you that yeah, question now. Yeah, I was, because you saw Adam Clayton on the roof at the Dickens, didn't you? Were you at the Dickens yeah. that night? Yeah, we all... Didn't we all leave the Dickens, I don't think. Adam <laughs> Forshaw with that sandwich in his hand. It was unbelievable. Uh, celebration, even the, the same night that we had a sort of a private celebration at the uh, training ground, it, it was amazing. There were the families, the players' families uh, involved and everyone was uh, was there. It was, uh, you know, everyone was ecstatic, and then obviously that carried on into the the weekend. Uh, yeah, we're celebrating the whole summit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame you, to be honest. Um, I think the thing for me with that season is everyone seemed together both on and off the pitch. I mean, I, I remember a few games: the Reading game, the Bolton game, maybe Derby uh, to a certain extent, and um, which one am I at Hull? Um, did you feel that togetherness on the pitch? Yeah, we were we were really close uh, in and uh, out of the pitch. Uh, we're really together. We were, you know, we're having meals together, the lads, uh, spending time outside the training ground uh, together. Uh, everyone knew each other's uh, families, so yeah, you could you could tell the the bond we had uh, on the pitch because it was, uh, as you said, there was big games and uh, big moments that uh, we actually. I can't, I can't remember how many times we actually scored the last uh, on the 90th minute or in the injury time, and that shows the character that we had because we had some big personalities uh, in the dressing room, and I think that that helped uh, everyone. As uh, the year before the playoff season, that was probably the start of the reconnection between the supporters and, and the club and its players, um, and it's probably why people look back on it with such fond memories. Do you think? 
I don't know whether you, you think this way, but was the course of that season better in, than the pl- than the promotion season because there was less expectation? Uh, you mean the one where it's the playoffs? Yeah, the playoff season. Yeah. Um, I, I can't say really, but possibly. Uh, was it more enjoyable? Because I mean, there was a there was a lot of times where I think maybe people rose off a little bit. Not, not really. I think we enjoyed the challenge uh, uh, on the promotion season as well. Yeah. Uh, I think that because we had big characters in the in the dressing room, uh, we knew that uh, we could take the pressure uh, and thrive uh, through it. Um, I think we, we enjoyed both seasons. Obviously, the the one in the with the ended up in the playoff final. It was uh, as you said, the expectations weren't that high, and uh, everything was a bonus. But the one that we, when we got promoted, uh, I think everyone was expecting us to be up there and to challenge the for automatic. But as I said, uh, we enjoyed it because uh, we knew we could do it. Uh, we had the uh, the quality, uh, men- the mentality, and uh, the mental strength to do it. I was going to say that season was probably. I think the playoff season was probably the season I prefer as a fan. I think just for like the sheer ecstasy of when we won three 0 against Brentford, obviously going to Wembley as well. That whole season was a bit of a roller coaster. So, in terms of like the season afterwards, I felt that more of like I was just nervous going to every single game because I was, was the the expectation was there, and I think that expectations probably followed the team now from from that playoff season and from the promotion season to the team now. So, like, obviously under Jonathan Woodgate, they've got, like, a lot younger squad. It's a little bit thinner, but that expectation's always going to be there because of what you guys did. Um, but I think it's yeah, just a credit to you We guys, went to yeah. the Riverside, didn't we? And, and yeah. it was, like, that expectancy of keeping a clean sheet. Obviously, that, that club record of nine successively clean sheets, there was that expectation. Whereas, I, to be honest, I agree with Johnny. I don't know if it's the same view, but I do kind of prefer that, that playoff season. But... Like we mentioned, you know, going to Wembley, I don't want to, I don't like speaking about it because it's, I'm scarred from it. I was behind your goal when, when those, yeah, so those goals. Oh, God, I, yeah, I was still a, get nightmares. That was a, a nightmare from the beginning, to be fair. Yeah. The, we arrived late at the, the ground. Uh, we didn't have much time to prepare. And, yeah, uh, I was going to say what went wrong. I don't know, something with the traffic or... Uh, I'm, I'm not quite sure. Uh, but... Uh, yeah, we didn't have much time to prepare, and then obviously the game started badly, and then from then on, I think we were we were punching smoked. <laughs> uh, but no, it was a uh, the the support that we got that day and through the season. I keep saying it, you know, the Middlesbrough fans the support the show away games. There's been games I played away that I thought I was playing at home because of the how loud they were. Uh, it's been tremendous, and it's it, it still is. I understand there's going to be an expectancy to to repl- replicate the those seasons, uh, but it's a different team, uh, you know, different staff, uh, different squad altogether, and uh, it's it's going to be a different challenge. Uh, so yeah, but for the thing that you said about the expectation on the season on the when we're in the playoffs, we, we amongst us, we actually our Expectation our goal was the top two that season. Yeah. Obviously, outside we, you know, from everyone, you got the feeling that playoffs would be a bonus and all that. But we wanted to go straight automatic, and I think we, we, we challenged until the end. Yeah, 
Remember that Fulham game? That was one where the, the away end. Yeah, I, I, I went away to that, and it was Same. um, it was just absolutely crazy. I, I can't. I think I missed like two of the goals either side of half time as well. Um, but the the whole game was just was just crazy, especially obviously at the end. But I'll let you, I'll let you continue with it. But. I have to ask, did you mean to come for that corner, or was it Karanka's instruction? I was told by the by the guy. <laughs> I looked as soon as we won the corner because we knew we, we wanted to win the game. Uh, we had them uh, on the back foot, um, even though we were ten players. And uh, when it gets to that time, you and you know you need to win. You always have a glance on the on the bench. And as soon as I saw the gaffer, you know, pointing. But for some for some reason, we took the corner very quickly. Mm. We didn't have time to settle and, and get in the box. Maybe because we were rushing. And I found myself from running to one box to running, sprinting <laughs> back to... Actually, passed a couple of players on the way. I didn't know I could run that fast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, what, what was really um, weird about it as well, like you were saying, with with 10 men, is how we came back from, from 3-1 down. I guess it ties into what you were saying, that the lads had unbelievable character and, and that game showed it. We were 3-1 down and it was crazy in the sense that George got sent off out of all people. You'd never expect that. By from... Kevin Friend as well. George Friend getting sent off by Kevin Friend. Right, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so it was just, it was crazy, obviously, for him to get sent off and us to get back in the game um, the way we did. Um, for it to end like that was, was disappointing, but, um, like you say, we we did need to, to win if we wanted to go up in the top two, so... Yeah, I think even yeah. with a draw, we wouldn't be anywhere, you yeah. know, because the, the others won. Uh, which, so we had to be all or nothing, really. Yeah, I mean, I just imagine if like, you came up for that corner, didn't mean you actually scored the winner. I imagine. Was, uh, <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was, I really wanted to go for it, but then you never, the ball never came near me. <laughs> Mate, you had to run back. To yeah, I don't blame you to be honest. I mean, we spoke about Karanka just then. How was it for you playing under him? It was brilliant. Um, he was the one who gave me the, the chance. My first game for Middlesbrough. Uh, when he first came, the the first day he said, "I don't care about names and about contracts." Uh, you know, whoever obviously he didn't know the players. He came from Spain, so he said, I'll, "I'll have a look at everyone and whoever deserves, in my opinion, to to play, will play." And uh, you know, f- uh, fair play to him. He, he kept his uh, his word and uh, he gave me the the chance. And uh, I think obviously I repaid him. I I, I did well. Uh, and uh, apart from the spell that obviously. Missed the first five games in the sea of the season, the playoff season, uh, when it started with uh, with Tommy, yeah. and I think they played the rest uh, until the season uh, that we got promoted. He did have a little bit of a of a roller coaster time. Just from you know an outside perspective, we saw that you know the reports of the the Charlton fallout. You, can you say anything about that? Uh, there's not much to say really. It was a uh, these, these things happen behind closed doors, you know. There's always arguments, there's always disagreements uh, with uh, you know players between players, between players and staff. It's uh, it happens. Uh, unfortunately, that one came out, uh, which it shouldn't, and then obviously spiraled to a massive issue, uh, which uh, led us to not perform as we could the next couple of games. But obviously, then. Karanka came back and you know we've done the ten games unbeaten in the in the end of the the last run, and we managed to get promotion. Oh, it started with that whole game, wasn't it? I think he was back in the dugout for that whole game, and then that David Nugent header. It's great. Uh, that I'm was probably the most important goal, I think, of yeah. of that. 
There, there's been a few. If, if you if you think about it, that won us extra two points. Uh, the game at Bolton yeah. won us extra two points when you know it was uh, the last minute. Uh, as I said, the, the Reading game. Mm. Uh, Adam Forshaw, yeah. You know Adam Forshaw. Uh, we won so many games uh, in the end, and that showed how determined we were and how together we were. And that was starting from the from the manager, the philosophy, and was going through the team, and everyone was 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 going the same direction. It's a shame, then, isn't it, that in the Premier League it obviously didn't materialise. Obviously, um, Ben Gibson and Martin Durham came out and said that there was a you know a divide in in the dressing room. Was that significant in Borough's relegation? Then, do you think? Uh, I, can't, I can't say for sure. I know, obviously, there's been um, a lot of players came in uh, when we got promoted. Uh, a lot of the, the lads were obviously foreign and uh, they needed time to adjust. And uh, ultimately, we started forming little groups, uh, which it wasn't the best thing for the togetherness of, of the squad. Um, that's what happened and. It's 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 fine margins. I think uh, there's there's not many clubs or many seasons that you get that that blend together. And this is usually when you're successful when you get the togetherness right, uh, the blend right between the players. And obviously, you have the quality. If you do have the quality and you don't have the togetherness, nothing's going to happen, uh, or the the other way around. Um, so I think uh, was something was missing from that uh, season, and uh, you know, obviously. Mistakes were made and stuff, and that's where you, you end up. I was going to say, were you not a little bit disappointed not to start more Premier League games like, yeah. this, like, in that season? Appreciate the Brighton Victor Valdez, and Valdez done lords in the game. He's won so many European finals, but were you a little bit disappointed like not to actually play more Premier League games? I was, I was gutted. Yeah, uh, I just wanted an opportunity to show that I'm good enough. Uh, I played all the the games this season before. And all I was looking for, I didn't want to get the shirt at home because I, you know, we got the team promoted. I just wanted a chance to show that I can that I can perform in the in the Premier League. And uh, I thought, you know, if I'm not good enough, then fair enough. You know, someone else can come in. But unfortunately, I never got I never got that chance, and uh, it's 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 a shame because you know it was something that I really wanted to do. Mm, well, I think. Well, that Valdez, well, the Valdez so-called back injury for a while, but then obviously when when Agnew put Guzan in goal, it's it, I think it, if I, it really the fans it, it divided kind of, a little yeah, bit, yeah. infuriated it a little bit because it was kind of it was I guess maybe understandable with Valdez, like like Johnny said, with um, you know all the other things he won in the game, but you know it, I think fans definitely felt that even at that point in the season you did, deserved a chance, um, and you know we were at that point pretty much down and out. We were you know. We went to like games like Chelsea, yeah, and we were kind of just expecting a defeat. And it's kind of just, you know, um, Guzan was only here for the, the short time that he was, and it was just a bit strange, really, to, to kind of see. He got him. annihilated from fans as well, Brad Guzan. Yeah. It was like yeah, he didn't they, have the best. He didn't have the best. But obviously, it's, it's hard for a player because it might be. It's like funny, and you kind of come around, but I think like you don't see him as a person. So like, the amount of abuse he actually probably got from fans was probably hurtful. I remember Goose is a, is a top man. Like, I enjoyed working with him so much. He's a, such a joy to work with. Uh, always always having a jo- joke to make, you know, with his American accent and stuff. It makes <laughs> it even funnier. Uh, he's, he's unbelievable and um, he's a good keeper. Uh, but obviously he didn't have the best times and he didn't he got off the wrong foot. 
with the with the fans. And I remember the, the was it the last game? It was it against? Um, oh, I think I know what you're. So, was it Southampton? Where he almost no, got was it Liverpool that? Uh, Arkham Liverpool away, yeah, got three be three nil. Yeah, and the fans were singing my name since uh, like the 65th minute. Uh, in the end, I got a goose to you know shake his hand. It goes to me, they're all yours, mate. <laughs> <laughs> You've always had a good relationship with the Borough fans, though, haven't you? And, and Teesiders in general, what is it that, that makes Teesside so special to you? Um, it's the North East in general, as I said, when I first came to Harlepool, uh, I had a good relationship with the fans there, and it was the same with the, with the Borough fans. Um, it just, I don't know about, I can't speak of any other player, about uh, any other players, but for me, they made me feel at home. Uh, I don't know if it's the fact that they appreciate it. You know, when you're working hard and you, you know, you, you try to better yourself and you get your chance and you prove it, or uh, what it is. But they, uh, they took me in straight away, and uh, uh, you know, it's uh, it's mutual the feeling. I've I've always I always have time for the for the fans of Middlesbrough. Yeah. I think it's it's good that you, that you come here. I think you're showing it here that you that you're on the pod today. I think Elliot has a few questions, do you? Yeah, yeah. So it was just kind of moving on from uh, kind of the, the few seasons ago, really, and just looking at now and you kind of saying obviously earlier about you know it's a new challenge now, new squad. Um, what what have you felt of the season so far of Borough? How do you think they've got on and stuff like that? Yeah, I've watched a couple of games. They, I think they're trying to play the, the right way. Yeah. Uh, um, the thing, the thing is, uh, is is it is it enough? Yeah. Uh, we'll see. Uh, it's a it, championship is a difficult division. You know, uh, it's it's very hard. You start with at least sixteen teams that are looking to to get promoted. Yeah. It's so uh, competitive, and having a a sort of newish squad. And a very young squad. Uh, it might need time. Uh, how much time? We will see. Uh, will it be uh, enough time after they start firing up uh, or playing the way the manager wants them uh, to actually get them there? We'll see again. Uh, but there has to be an adjustment period. Uh, so far, they played well in uh, most games. The results haven't been the best, yeah. Uh, but uh, you know, there's there's uh, there's something there that you can see that it's uh, it's in development. Yeah, definitely. We we've been saying kind of each week um, on the podcast about you know this transition phase and um, it's you know it's a new way of trying to play um, a young team as well, like you said. So and. You know, with time, we we've been saying as well with um, Woodgate getting you know a three-year contract from the club. We, you know, we're kind of seeing it as a, a three-year project in a sense um, in trying to get you know the the players that he might want and the style that he wants. Um, so now, I, I I guess we all agree really. I think we've we've played well in spells this season, and if we've if some results could have changed, such as refereeing decisions, we could it could have looked a lot different. We could have been. Perhaps six in the table rather than yeah. I think is it sixteen at the moment. So. Yeah, we t- we tend to argue a little bit about it, don't we? Yeah. In terms of like where we think we should be, or if there's a difference between an adjustment period and playing poor in games, and you'll probably know that for yeah. sure. So it's for me, it's like sometimes when you are in that adjustment period, that doesn't like, you you are given a little bit of leeway, but also if you're playing poor in games, 
fans aren't going to see that. They just want to see the results as well. Um, but in terms of contracts, and I know we spoke a lot there about it, but I'm so surprised that they didn't give you another year or like another two years just to, to develop with Ainsley Pairs, but also give Randolph some competition. And then it was a bit strange to bring Tommy back in, in, in the fall. But were you surprised not to get a contract or did you know that it was like time up at Millsworth Football Club and you wanted to move on? Um, no, I had uh, we had some conversations uh, towards the end of the season. Uh, it was looking that it was going to be uh, the case of signing again, but obviously things change. You know, in football, it's that was the conversations where with the previous uh, manager, then uh, situation changed, the philosophies changed. I, I can't. It's a football business, you know. And uh, after the summer, um, uh, after we finished the season. I just uh, realised that you know I had to look for a new challenge, uh, something else. Obviously, I'm doing my coaching badges as well, uh, but I'm still I still have the the itch to play football. I still enjoy diving about. Uh, so yeah, when uh, when I wake up one morning and it won't be enough for me or I won't have the desire to do that, I'll just I just pack it in. Luckily, I've uh, physically I feel I feel okay. Uh, if the game gets too fast for me, uh, then I'll just I'll just stop. But for the mo- for the meantime, this is this is the plan. You know, I'll decide uh, where I want to be next. There is no no pressure really. Uh, and then from then, I'll just I'll just take it year by year. Because in my age, you can't you can't make two. Yeah, you can't sign the six <laughs> seven year deals. No, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely the thing with it with a twenty three year twenty three year career. You don't need to kind of. Rushing decisions now about you know about what you're doing, but like you said, they you know you're doing your coaching badges, so there's always that next kind of career path of, of going into to coaching and, and maybe management in in the future. So um, no, it's definitely a good thing there with that. Um, the other thing I want to ask, obviously, with, with leaving Borough just gone, um, is there anyone who would it be in particular who you think you're going to miss working with at the club? Is any kind of ex-players and um, management? Is anyone in particular you're going to miss working with? Uh, obviously, uh, the lads who I was there with the whole time I was there, six years, you know, George Friend, Clates, um, Danny, yeah. uh, you know, Dale. Yeah. There. Uh, so yeah, th- those lads. Uh, I enjoy working with them, and we were friends. George, uh, did I mention George? Yeah, I did. yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll miss them. I, I miss in, in general the the club, even the, the staff working in the in the kitchen. You know, uh, Mindy and, uh, and the chef and everyone. It was it was it was really good atmosphere, and it was they were all brilliant people. Uh, but uh, as I say, this is this is football. You know, it's you you, you change chapters, and uh, you never know what the future the future brings. Yeah, no, definitely. I think um, it's good that you know you, you kind of had that togetherness together, and obviously we're still living in the area. You can you know still um, get in touch, meet up, and you know catch yeah, up with the, with the guys as well. Um, with you know only being in Hartlepool, so um, obviously. Just just sticking on on Borough this season as well. Then um, it's kind of hard to gauge. We've had our little predictions, um, but where would, where do you think Borough will finish this season in the table? See, I can't say because, as I said, it's a matter of um, it's, it's many many factors. Um, I don't think so. I think we've seen in spells what they're capable of. Uh, it's a matter of um, consistency. 
from that department of sustain that for longer periods in a game for more games when they'll be able to, to do that and click together and do that the sooner the better uh, the sooner they're able to do that get some consistency uh, because it's a it's a result based uh, sport you know uh, I think uh, you know if you had six wins out of six and the football was poor I think a lot of people there will be some moans but a lot of people will be happy yeah, um, you're always going to get fans or like Borough fans mourn all the time so there were people mourning that crank this football in the playoff season and the promotion season was too defensive and you're just thinking we, <laughs> you kept what was it I think 44 clean sheets in 100 something games I think you kept yeah, about 50% of it, games, yeah, yeah just under 50% it was That's weird it. that we were conceding goals at home if we ever did concede at home and then fans were still complaining so like you're always going to get a select few you're never going to get everyone happy it's impossible it's it's, it's the nature in, not in football you never sport uh, there's always going to be people disappointed. You can't please uh, <clears throat> everyone. Uh, but as I said, results keep tend to keep people happy, um, whichever way you <clears throat> you get them. Uh, if you manage to get them playing good football and uh, you know attractive football, that's the uh, the best thing you can do. You, Man City, for example. Uh, if not, obviously, you have to get them somehow. Uh, and uh, as I said, uh, the, I think there is potential there. You can see uh, there is the philosophy of playing the right way. Uh, I think it's a matter of few uh, adjustments. Mm. No, fair enough. Um, go on. Yeah, I, I'm, uh, I don't have any other kind of things on on the here and now. Um, but obviously, we can kind of stick with you know the, the kind of promotion season and stuff like that. There's other things you'd, you'd like to ask on that. I was gonna s- yeah, I was going to say to be honest before. Well, you, you're not, you're not really going to end your career yet, um, that you've just mentioned. But what's the biggest highlight for you? Is it is it the international debut? Is it that promotion season, or is it a variety of different things that has been a highlight for you? The highlight uh, for me, obviously, uh, playing for your country. The first time you play for your country is a, is a massive honor, and you know you make your family proud and uh, and everyone. Um, but I still. In my my head, uh, my highlight is that, that game against Brighton. Mm. It was uh, because of the tre- tremendous atmosphere. You could see the the passion of the fans. You know, the, the Riverside was packed. It was constant uh, noise. I, I couldn't even shout to the defenders. It was it was so, it was so loud. Um, and I enjoyed every minute of that game. Well, not every minute, <laughs> most of it. Um, but yeah, I think that's 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 the highlight for me. It's, it was a great achievement after seven years. A club like Middlesbrough, I think it's a club um, should be playing in the Premier League. Uh, the infrastructure is there, the fan base is there, uh, <clears throat> the uh, the passion of the fans is there. Uh, it was it was a major achievement, and I think for me that's the, that's the highlight. Mm. No, it was we, good. Yeah, we touched a little bit. Sorry, we touched a little bit on um, on you know the now when Jonathan Woodgate's in charge. Of course, you played with him when he uh, when he was a player, and then he obviously went into coaching. You were still there when he was coaching. How is he as as a person and as a coach? Uh, when you make the transition from a player to a manager, you I think you need to change your approach. Um, you can't have the same banter with the, with the lads. You can't be seen as one of the lads because you're not one of the lads. You're the one who's supposed to 
look after them and keep them all together and tell them what to do. Um, obviously, I know Woody for many years. We played uh, together. He's, he's, he's a great lad, you know, to uh, to be in the dressing room. Uh, as a manager, obviously, I don't know him. Uh, as a coach, uh, he was under obviously Tony Pulis. It was different style of uh, football. Um, when he took some sessions or some drills, he was trying to implement the you know playing from the back and stuff. Uh, you could see that that's his, uh, his mentality and his philosophy. And obviously, that's what I think they're trying to do uh, now. Um, but yeah, he's, uh, I wish him I wish him all the best. Do you think he could go on to be a successful manager then? Do you think uh, he has the tools to to be successful in the game? Yeah, of course. He's he, he's got tons of experience uh, from playing the highest level. You know, massive clubs. Uh, these are great experiences to have. Um, apart from from that, uh, as I said, it's a matter of it's a learning curve for him as well. But let's not forget that is uh, evolving as a as a manager. Uh, and uh, yeah, if, if if he can use all this, uh, the experiences he has and all the knowledge he has from uh, from football, I think uh, why not? But as I said, it's a it's a matter of results, and uh, only time will tell. I do have a slight quirky question: Who came up with that big dip from Hartlepool nickname? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Stuart Downing came up with it one day. I, I walked in the dressing room and uh, he said. Uh, uh, all right, Dave. I said, what? <laughs> You're like, big Dave from Hollywood, plumber. I'm like, all right. And then uh, everyone started calling me Dave, especially George. George calls me Dave, even in the training ground. Uh, and I started answering to it. I said, here, Dave, and I'll just turn around. And it was an incident. It was a, um, the promotion season, not the season, the, the Premier League season in the, uh, the pre-season. We went in uh, for pre-season and we're doing checks and uh, I think it was a cardiologist that was checking us one by one. So George was before me and as I was uh, getting on the on the bed before George, George went to me, all right, Dave. So he left. The cardiologist didn't know us. So I sat down and he started going to me, how are you, Dave? <laughs> and he said it so many times, it was too late for me to tell him my name is not Dave. So I just played along. I was like, yeah, I'm all right. Yeah, <laughs> Who was your, your best friend of then, if you, if you had one? It was, it was those lads. I can't single one of them uh, because we tend to do things to, together. Mm. Uh, sorry, I forgot to mention Grand Light as oh, well. Oh, yeah, Grand Light yeah. Um, we had nights in uh, someone's house than someone else's. You know, it was, uh, it, it was brilliant. Uh, and uh, the band was so good that no one was getting, uh, uh, how do you say insulted by anything you know it was pure banter everyone knew uh, everyone's habits and it was constant uh, jokes and laughter so yeah I think I can't single uh, one of them but I think all the lads that I've spent you know most of the years there it's, it should be them apart from the players in terms of coaches you worked with Leo for a few years is he as like, is, is mental <laughs> on the training ground that he is when he comes at <laughs> the fans because I've met I've met Leo a couple of times and he just he is a very very passionate bloke. You can like you can just see it when you meet him. I was going to say is, is he the same on the coaching on on the training field as well? Yeah, hundred percent. Leo is a is there's passion coming out of him in every word he says. You know, um, you 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 can be talking to him and he's thinking something else, and uh, he's just nodding, but he's thinking something else, and then after that you'll just 
engage again and everything is uh, and that helped me personally because uh, when I was playing he knew how to handle me he, um, he knew how to keep me in shape and because of his drive and his, and his passion that was going through training I remember Fridays or the days before a game is supposed to be a more chill day or more technical day not for me <laughs> I was training <laughs> the team was training um, everyone else and I was training just with Leo Leo I was I was, I was like steaming after the training I was knackered <laughs> I was chasing crosses and this and that but I knew my limits yeah. and that kept me in, in good shape and obviously it showed in the, in the games No, Fair enough um, before we round things up You've played a long career. It's not it's not over yet. <laughs> um, but over those twenty three years, who's been your like one to eleven, like the best eleven that you've played with? If you, if you could potentially pick, oh, it's a difficult question. I could do five aside team if that makes it any better. Five aside. The mites, your friends might slate you for picking them out, missing them out. I know. Yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> might just uh, people just keep my brain. Uh, right. Uh, Definitely be me in goal. Yeah, <laughs> I've got, I've got the record. <laughs> um, I would pick in two defenders, two midfielders, and a. However you want to play, mate. If you want to play with four forwards, you play with four forwards. <laughs> uh, start from the forwards. I'd say um, Negredo is one of them. Uh, for me, the quality, you know, in massive quality, and his left foot was unbelievable. Um, I think. I want to put Christian Stuani there as well. Yep, yep. Uh, I think he's got a gift. You know, he just scores goals. He's been uh, been doing really well in uh, La Liga since, since been, leaving oh, Borussia. Yeah, yeah. We he were all kind was of linked with Barcelona, yeah. I think. At some yeah, point. Yeah. Do you think he was playing the wrong position though, at wide? I know he, he, he always a good striker always ends up at the back post. Um, so. I think I can understand why Karanka thinks oh, if we play him out wide he's always going to be there running in and what he's finishing yeah, I, think, I think it was clever from Karanka to be fair because um, with with Christian uh, in, the, in the team and a striker we, we really were playing with two strikers because hmm. uh, Christian would always be in the box no matter what crosses or you know uh, taking the ball from the right and still would just try to get inside and that's why he was our top scorer I think in the this season we got promoted. Yeah. Uh, obviously, I think he wanted to keep the shape that he wanted to play, and that sort of compensated for both things he wanted to do. Yeah, but I think he's, he's very gifted. He's not the most athletic. He's not the quickest. He's not the strongest. But when he's he he, know, he knows where the yeah. goal is, yeah. you know, even in training you could see it. Well, that's it. If you if you got that if you got that knack, then that'll take you very very far. Obviously, it takes professionalism to actually get into obviously the higher leagues, but. Negredo there, you in goal, um, Christian Schuani. I just want to say Negredo was neglected at Borough. Like we, the way we played towards the end, it was so defensive. It was a bit isolated, yeah. So isolated. Uh, I mean, I would hate it to play under Tony Pulis because it was like it was it was quite similar, obviously, from Britain the last couple of seasons, but less said about. But ne- but Negredo as well really did show his quality, and to get oh, I think was yeah. it ten goals or something in in the, yeah, in that system, it, yeah. and it was you know, it was still it, really it was pinging balls outside the peg like across the pitch and just finding plays. Yeah, his his quality was, was incredible. His left foot was a was a joke to be fair. Mm. In training, you could see it. Obviously, his, his right foot was only for the gas on the, the gas pedal <laughs> in the car. <laughs> but uh, his left foot, oh my god! You know, in training, outside the foot, inside, he was just top bins all the time. Um, 
Yeah, uh, other positions. I don't. It's hard, isn't it? It's hard because so many good players are played with, and uh, I might just miss out. For my my time in uh, in AK Athens, I, we're talking just Middlesbrough. You can do wherever you want across your whole twenty three year career. You can. For my time in uh, AK Athens, I want to say Edgar Johnson. Yeah. Obviously played Barcelona, Chelsea. He came for a year. Uh, he was really good. Uh, you know, you could tell that why he played for Barcelona. Uh, he scored some big goals and the way he could use his body and manipulate the ball. And, and a great lad with her. Um, I need to put a defender in there. Yeah, to play the one-three, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to attack in there. Uh, to be fair, though, attacking wins your game, so that is true. And with your clean sheet record as well, true. you can back yourself with no five-a-side goals. <laughs> Um, this must know. be a difficult one because yeah. I don't know. There's so many. He's gonna his phone's gonna blow up when we put this out. I'm gonna turn it off after a little. Gonna kill you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. There's so uh, from what I can from the top of my head. Obviously, the ones that are gonna be in the top are gonna be the lads in that uh, two seasons that were solid yeah. uh, towards promotion. So, uh, Benji's going to be there, or either Ben or Danny. Uh, you know, they were so solid together um, those two seasons, and the partnership they had, compensating each other. Danny was, you know, the most more physical, uh, going into headers, win everything. Uh, Gibbo was quickest, cover and play with the ball. And everything, so yeah, I think yeah, I, I could put one first half and the second, the other yeah, one. Yeah, I was going to say if you want three <laughs> subs or yeah. something, well, I'm, yeah. I'm more happy to give yeah. you it. But in terms of Danny Ayala, it's just I don't know if it's a personal preference, but do you ever like ever like give you a little mini heart attack when you play when you play like football? Then because every time I watch Danny Ayala, I just feel like I feel like there's a two foot just waiting to happen. It gives me like my heart just goes <laughs> mental. Is it similar for you? Obviously watching him as well, or do you think oh no, nah, Danny's fine. He's just gonna. He, he can be rash, like like every every defender. To be fair, if you know if blood goes in the head at some point, if they see red, they just go and do silly challenges. It's with any player, to be honest. But uh, while we're playing together, uh, no, I didn't I didn't feel that to be fair because we're such a good understanding and good back. I knew uh, in a in a situation that I came out and missed the ball. He would back me up, Gibbo would back me up on my defenders or George. Uh, and they knew that as well. There were numerous occasions that that happened. Uh, I was always calm. They were uh, for them. They were calm for me. And it was that's why I think it was very, very relaxed. Okay, then pretty much final question. I think it's just what you're going to be doing next. I know that we spoke. You're at Hartlepool at the moment. You're looking for a club. What what is next for Demi Constantopoulos? Is it going to be finish? Is it going to be football then, coaching or what? You ask what are you going to do? Yeah, at the at the minute, as I said, I'm training with Hollywood. I'm enjoying it there. It's a great bunch of lads. Um, training is good under Higgy. Higgy's a great manager. You know, I liked him since he was at the, um, the assistant at the Millersboro. Top man, and the training is very enjoyable. Um, uh, I'm looking at a couple of things. Uh, I'm, I'm taking my time. I need to pick something that it's uh, that it's right. I don't need to rush at this stage of my career. 
after that, uh, I want to stay in football in some capacity. Uh, you know, I'm doing my coaching badges. Um, I want to give it a go as a manager, not uh, to try to take the route of a goalkeeping coach, uh, the, which is safety <laughs> usually for for keepers. Um, yeah, I, I think uh, I want to try that path. But as, uh, football is so unpredictable, you know, it can take it in different directions. And you can't make very long-term plans. So at the minute, I'm just uh, taking my time, enjoying my my training, and I'm keeping fit with uh, with Hartlepool and uh, see what you know the next few weeks bring. Yeah. I, I was going to say that with uh, with um, it being unpredictable in football. Actually, on the football manager um, in my current save, you uh, at the start of the season you left and you went back to Greece. Right. Um, it wasn't to AK a- Athens. It was um, I can't remember the name of the club, but. That was your your future in the game, um, but it seems like uh, a bit different in real life. But it, it'd be good to to see you in coaching and perhaps management in the future. I was say what what if it might be too early. Um, when I was doing my badges, it was like you after level one, level two, and obviously I think you I think you guys coming out as a UEFA B. I think when yeah. you play at a certain level, um, have you thought about what type of philosophy that you want to play as a coach? Is it is it like more of like a high press, or do you want to play like a complete Tony Pulis style of football and play eleven men behind the ball and just hoof it up to the striker or have you thought about what type of football you want to play yet? Um, ideally, uh, I think ideally anyone you ask, they'll, they'll say they want to play attractive, uh, attacking football. Yeah, easy answer, yeah. But then it's it's easy to say, harder to do. It depends where you're going to be, what resources you're going to have, what players you're going to have in your disposal. And I think it's very important as a manager to be adaptable, to be able, um, especially when you start in a club, to be able to get... 100% out of every player in their ability. There's no point going in a club that um, initially they have players who are defensive-minded and try to make them play like Man City. It's not going to work. It's not going to happen because they can't do it. If you have uh, spent a period of time of three, four years in a club and you manage to bring your own players or your, you um, adapt your own philosophy, then yeah, you can do what you want. But I think it's important to be adaptable the most important as a manager for me is to get into a club and manage the players you you manage to give you the 100% of their their ability mm. i think if you do that you're successful uh about after that is slowly uh, applying your own tactics but this is a process that it needs to be done if it's the different than the previous one if you go in a club that they're already playing what the style you want to play and you have the players it's happy days mm. No, I, I agree with you. I think m- most management games are it's eighty percent man management, twenty percent for, for like your your imprint. The higher you go, yeah, especially the more the, the biggest the percentage. I think you know in the Premier League or the Champions League. I think if you let players, if you tell them go and play, they'll play. Yeah, uh, they know what to do because the the big players, the quality players, they they know how to train what they need. Mm. Mostly, is keeping their heads. Right, yeah. uh, off the pitch, I mean, the mentality, uh, the confidence up, uh, and I think that's the that's the key. Obviously, the lower you go, you need to do more coaching, yeah. uh, but it's it's the nature of the game. Yeah, I was going to say when you watch Pep, and like, obviously Pep is the theatrical, and he's trying to show different movements, but he's only really doing fine margins for every single player because, like, say, like Raheem Sterling, he's got all the ability in the world to, to do whatever he wants in the game, but that just little fine marginals make him a little bit better. And I think and he, he has, has a, what he's he, he has improved from with uh, Pepe Guardiola since uh, 
since he took over. I think you know the scoring record, assist record has is, is, been tremendous for, for City, and that shows. I think the dream for a manager is to be able to be at a at a club that has 25, 30 players in the squad, and everyone playing or not playing, being happy, being there. Mm. I think you can manage to do that, then you have a squad that they're pulling together. Mm. I think that was the case yeah. the season we, we went up. No, that's so do you think that's like the main reason, just the togetherness that we, yeah. we, we got up with that, yeah. Fair enough. Obviously you can say on the latter that the, the, the togetherness wasn't there probably when we we did get relegated. Um, I feel like you could see the fans were divided, but also the players were divided as well. Um, obviously Gaston Ramirez gets the the name that everyone boos about, but for for me it might be a little bit different for you. Gaston might have been actually really sound on the on the training pitch, but it was just portrayed that he wanted to. He's see what happens. Um, his head obviously his head obviously turned. It looked like from. You know, to, see. Uh, I'll just put it plain. Uh, when you when you're in a job it's, and you're in football, uh, you want to do what's best. Uh, some players, some players, the mentality is, I want to do what's best for me and my family. I don't care about attachments or clubs or whatever. Some, you know, some others, they're more into loyalty. I've been there myself. I stayed in AK Athens for another year, the second year where everyone was jumping ship, because I thought. I don't want to leave him like that in that state. Mm. And uh, obviously I got the backdraft of it, you know, financial problems and, and we were a bad team, to be fair. Um, but uh, it's it's the game uh, these days. Uh, you can't blame the players who want to do the best for themselves and uh, mm. their family. But obviously you can also criticise them. And it's yeah. it's rightly so to criticise them. I think I don't know exactly what happened with uh, with Gaston. He was he was fine uh, f- with me. I never had a problem with him. Yeah. Uh, obviously, the fans didn't take it very well. They have every right to. Uh, I think they feel the pulse of a player when they're playing on the pitch, uh, and they didn't get the right vibe from him. Yeah, it's a shame really because the mobility he had, um, then obviously he's moved. Oh, tremendous but player. It's. Uh, but I think it, he's doing well. I think he's at Sampdoria now. I think he's playing at. I think he's playing in Italy. Sampdoria, yeah. Um, yeah. But, yeah, so it, it's good for him. But I think that wraps everything up, I think. Um, Dimi, thank you very much for, for joining us, mate. I really do appreciate you coming on. It uh, means a lot for us. Um, but as always, guys, if you're listening to the podcast, like, share, subscribe to the, the our channels. Um, if you give us five-star rating on Apple Podcasts, that helps other Borough fans get found. Um, Dimi, this podcast will probably in the next hour uh, if you want to listen to it but Brilliant. Uh, perfect so uh, thank you very much everyone um, this Borough Breakdown podcast I'm Johnny with Dana Elliot and Dimmy thank you very much for listening one support Curtis Fleming is there on the edge of the air Fleming for That's Craig it. Hignett hit it Higgy Higgy hits the track Abanelli coming alive again Janino wants the ball played to him Abanelli spots out Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? 
They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.